Hello and welcome to the AMA Update video and podcast. We're back with another episode in our new What Keeps Me Up series, where we talk with healthcare leaders about one thing that's on their minds right now and what they're doing about it. My guest today is Dr. Stephen Perotti, the Executive Vice President of External Affairs, Communications and Brand at the Permanente Federation and Associate Executive Director for the Permanente Medical Group in Oakland, California. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Dr. Perotti, it is always a pleasure to have you on the update. And it's good to be with you, Todd, today. Well, let's get started. Uh, What is keeping you up these days and why? You know, I would say that, you know, number one on my list here is technology and within technology, it's artificial intelligence. Um, and there is both the sort of promise, hope uh, with it, and then concerns. And uh, for me, I think that AI is going to be significantly transformative. It already is um, within our clinical practices and then actually how we're going to be able to conduct uh, care um, and how the healthcare sort of writ large organizations are going to be structured. So I think all of that is on my mind, keeps me up. Well, you're not alone. This is kind of technology week on the AMA update, and we're talking about uh, many of these same issues. But before we dig into your specific concerns, I'd love uh, for you to talk about some of the benefits that you see for the care team with AI. Yeah. So, you know, I think that uh, there are a couple of things. One is that from a population health uh, perspective, we've already implemented algorithms and some machine learning and AI um, into our practice. Um, So let me give you an example. We use uh, AI for advanced alerts, uh, both in the hospital and outside of the hospital. Um, So it actually gives us insight into patients who are at risk for clinical deterioration, And what's important is that it's not AI acting on its own. It's really augmenting our practice. So it's alerting a a care team, uh, in some cases a hospital team, in some cases an ambulatory team, who then can act on those, uh, you know, sort of alerts and information that we're getting from the AI. Um, And then we've been able to show mortality benefit both in the hospital Um, and reductions in emergency visits and hospital visits if we use it in the ambulatory setting. So that's number one. Let me give you a second example. And actually, we published on this, which is looking at AI and radiology um, and using it to augment our ability to detect cancer um, and breast cancer, in particular with mammography. Um, That's one simple example where I think you're going to see that expand into multiple applications in radiology. Um, So it's not replacing a radiologist, it's enhancing their ability to actually provide an accurate diagnosis, help someone like me who's on the receiving end of uh, looking at a radiology film um, and making a quicker diagnosis. Um, You know, so I think that those are what hold promise um, when it comes to AI. Uh, and of course, the the question is, how do we make sure it's augmenting and integrating into practice, not replacing uh, clinical judgment and practice. Well, those are two great examples that you just gave. And again, I want to just stress the magic word that you're using there because we hear this certainly here at the AMA and from a lot of physicians out there is that word augment uh, in terms of how uh, the vision for AI can fit in here. Um, so uh, that's, that's an excellent perspective. Um, of course, uh, as you mentioned, there are issues with uh, AI and the technology too. What do you think are your personal top concerns with the technology? 
So, so number one is acceptance of it. So let me give you one other example that's also a benefit and we're still learning. Um, so we actually recently, about two and a half months ago, introduced an ambient AI um, to listen in on a clinical visit. Um, and what it's able to do is actually from the patient and from the physician who's uh, you know, in the patient interaction, um, able to generate a note. Um, so you can imagine from a clinical documentation perspective, way more efficient. In fact, we're seeing improvements in, uh, you know, documentation time by an hour or two uh, in a given day for a clinician. Huge win, right? That's, that's um, a stunning amount a of time. Of yeah, it's absolutely. amazing. Yeah. yeah, but on the other hand, it, it raises questions around privacy, um, acceptance, um, you know, what from a regulatory standpoint um, is required to make sure there's accurate documentation and coding um, with an AI. Um, and so we're going to have to make sure that that's monitored. Um, so again, it's it's not as simple as just introducing it into the milieu. You actually have to then make sure that you're um, monitoring it, um, meaning the humans are monitoring the AI um, and the application of it. Um, when it comes to you know, what federal agencies are looking into AI um, and which ones are regulating it? And are they talking to doctors um, and getting input on how the AI should be implemented and how it should be monitored? I think that keeps me up at night. Um, third thing is how are we going to make sure that it's equitably used, um, that we don't have inadvertent sort of redlining of patients um, by the application of AI? Uh, we want to make sure that um, we don't introduce unintended biases into our practice because of predisposing assumptions that are in an electronic health record that AI scraping. So we've got to have processes in place for making sure that we do have equity um, and that if we see inequities that we correct for them. Um, and again, I think that's going to be critically important that physicians um, with our clinical lens with our operational lens, are involved with this conversation. You've hit on uh, several really big topics there. The first one is just the potential benefits of AI to relieve the burdens uh, that are getting in the way of patient care. Uh, so a score of one to two hours a day, is uh, that would be unbelievable. Of course, you point out the flip side of that being other concerns around the implementation and privacy. Uh, second big point that you talked about is equity uh, with the use of algorithms and making sure that we don't introduce uh, biases through those. These are big issues. What steps are you taking right now at the Permanente Medical Group to address concerns like these? So one of the things is having an open conversation, making sure that everyone is aware, um, you know, whether that's the physicians, or patients, um, that we're being transparent that we are using AI um, and how we're using it. Uh, the second is actually setting up some governance, um, you know, within the medical group um, and then with our hospital and health plan partners that we work with um, so that, you know, we're actively dialoguing about what's being implemented, how it's being implemented. Is it effective? Is it not? Um, what does, uh, you know, you know, involving bioethicists, you know, so having, you know, the ethical considerations of implementation in addition to the operational considerations. This is not just an IT thing. Okay, let me just be real clear. 
I mean, this this is about how we actually practice. And so you, you need the people that are involved with the actual clinical care, um, the people that are involved with back-end operations coming together, just as we would with like any other initiative. So think of AI as a tool, not as a replacement. Uh, it, critically important from my perspective. Um, and that those are really sort of the actions that we're taking um, within uh, the medical group. And then I think there's a, a second piece here, Todd, which is engagement in the broader medical community, uh, right? This is bigger than just the Permanente Medical Group. Um, and so making sure that, you know, industry players, whether that's technology players, other health systems, other physician practices, and I mean all ilk of physician practices, large groups, small groups, solos, all need to be involved in this conversation. Um, so we've been engaging with our medical society um, within California, um, and I'm glad to be engaging with you, Todd, because I think this is very much a national issue. Absolutely, and I love that you pointed out this is not an IT issue. Uh, as I had a discussion with uh, your colleague, Dr. Maria Ansari uh, at the Permanente Medical Group, uh, co-CEO of the Federation, and I uh, loved her point about how cultural issues are just so important. We know with any kind of change that it's not just technology, it's about culture. Curated from more than 3,000 major newspapers, magazines, and journals, the AMA Morning Rounds newsletter delivers the top stories in healthcare right to your inbox Monday through Friday. Subscribe today and check out all the AMA's free newsletters at ama-assn.org slash myinbox. That's ama-assn.org slash myinbox. Um, and the impact uh, of your work uh, obviously going to affect uh, the broader landscape of medicine. And so... Tell me what you think uh, about what needs to happen so that AI can be safely used by the care team. So I think there's a, a couple of components here. So number one um, is making sure that we've got sufficient engagement um, of leadership uh, within the medical group. Um, and actually, I'm going to say within society, um, all the way from the top to the people that are actually in the exam room. Um, and having that connection is critically important. Um, second um, is that we know that regulation is going to be coming when it comes to AI. Um, and how we write the rules of the road are going to be critically important to ensuring, again, digital equity um, and to, to ensure that uh, it's applied in a way um, that's effective. Um, so we need to have measures. Um, so there, there actually is going to have to be a strategy for what those measures look like. Um, and so, you know, much of the journey that we went on when I think about the quality uh, journey back in 2000 um, and setting up the rules of the road there, we need to have that same kind of infrastructure for AI, except we need to do it fast because, Todd, it's already here. Absolutely. It's already embedded in society. Um, and in fact, in many ways, we don't even know that it's running. Um, so I, I think where we have an advantage in healthcare is that we're maybe a few steps farther behind than the rest of society. Um, so we have an opportunity to set those, set the table, if you will, um, now. Um, but I really think it's now. 
Um, we, we, we can't wait. Um, and, and like I said, I think that the benefits here are tremendous, uh, but we have to have measures for what those benefits look like and what would actually we want to avoid. We need to be able to define that. You know, what's uh, really encouraging about uh, your leadership in the field here is it gets to a theme that we've been talking about this week, which is making sure that technology works for physicians and care teams not the other way around, and having uh, physicians uh, kind of drive that conversation, get ahead of the rules, as you're pointing out, is so important. Uh, how do you make sure that continues to occur? So I think there are a couple of opportunities here. So one is that you know within the AMA, um, being able to define those policies through our House of Delegates um, and um, through interim meetings uh, so that we've got clear policy uh, objectives um, as an AMA, um, and then being able to go to Capitol Hill um, to inform and educate in addition to speaking specifically to policy. And so what I'm excited about is that um, there are meetings that are occurring with policymakers and with their staffs. Um, and I think that's critically important to do this year in 2024. Um, I encourage everyone to also engage with their state medical societies. Um, and, you know, there are many regulations that are going to be formed at the, the state level as well. Um, so being able to provide those real world stories, some of the ones we were talking about earlier, Todd, about what good looks like, um, what good governance looks like uh, within an organization to show that actually we in healthcare are aware of the issues. Um, and know what they need to be in terms of what good looks like, um, that's going to be really important. So I, I would say that those are sort of steps one and two for me um, when it comes to uh, addressing the needs that really our patients are looking for. They're looking for us as physicians to lead in the space. Uh, thank you uh, so much for the important point that you made there, which is if you really want to ensure that physicians have a say in how this technology is rolled out, how it's regulated, then participate in the AMA, participate in your state medical societies. That's where you can really have a voice in this matter. Dr. Prodi, it is always so great to have you. I love to hear your perspective on the issues and particularly technology right now. The AMA also has a wealth of resources on AI, and we're going to include a link to some of our latest in the description of this particular episode. That wraps up today's AMA update. Be sure to subscribe for new episodes and find all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thanks for joining us today. Please take care.